Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB, and we are joined by Jesse Meineke. We're going to be going over your favorite player prop bets, looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook. You can follow Jesse on Twitter at the Fellow JGM. Uh, good morning, man. What's going on? Good morning. Happy Saturday. Still full from Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's been a weird, sluggish last couple of days. But I'm finally feeling to, I don't know, I got a little bit of energy today. It felt like Sunday morning when I woke up, so I was a little thrown off. I'm like, got for sure. injuries and injuries and stuff to look at. But uh, nothing really happening today. There might be a few guys activated or a few notes that come out today is based on if they're going to play or not or guys activated from COVID list. So we'll be watching for that. But I think for this week's episode, we're going to, they don't have a full slate of games uploaded to DraftKings yet. So we're going to try to do our best and cover what we can. And then maybe we'll build a lineup on DraftKings at the end. Uh, just uh, Maybe we'll just think of like a tournament-based lineup and we'll go from there. But uh, for now, we are going to hop into a screen share on the fantasyfellowship.com. And I just want to review with you guys how we did uh, last week in our props. We put a lot of props on the website. Kind of disappointed they didn't put a, a Zeke Elliott uh, passing or rushing and receiving prop over. But uh, we did okay here. We had Baker Mayfield under Antonio Gibson over. Dalvin Cook over, and then we missed on Willie Sneed. I think everybody was high, was high on Willie Sneed. Juju Smith-Schuster, he hurt his toe. So this, I mean, this could have been a game that, I mean, everybody ate besides Juju. So it's a little bit of a disappointment there. And then DJ Chark just missed it by maybe one catch or so. And then because, I mean, on the website, we did note that we liked Ezekiel Elliott's over on 14.5 receiving yards. He did hit the 59.5 rushing yards, but because I had this on the website, I'm going to take an L there for us. And then we hit on both of our touchdown props. Taysom Hill scored, and so did Ezekiel Elliott. So on the week, not terrible. Five out of nine moves us to 35 and 60 on the season. As you can see, though, we're getting hot on our touchdown props. Four to six so far. So we will uh, we'll do our best, and we'll get to those touchdown props uh, probably towards the end. I think we like to start with the receiving games here. So let me just hit refresh on this real quick before we dive into it. Uh, let me look at the everything we need to see here. Everything's looking good. So we're going to start with the Chargers and the Buffalo Bills. This might be one of my favorite games of the – I think this is a noon game. It's in Buffalo. What can we expect out of uh, Justin Herbert traveling to the East Coast for a noon game? This is a good one. I mean, this is uh, – the Chargers are a young team, but the, you know, they're a team that are probably not going to make the playoffs this year, but they have playoff potential on any given week if they show up. And the Buffalo Bills are one of those teams that, I mean, you know, you can't count them out of the AFC. Uh, they're probably not that top tier, but they're just under it. Um, Bills coming off a one of these teams is coming off a bye or Buffalo's coming off a yeah, bye. Yeah, Buffalo's coming and off a bye. Austin Eckler. And Austin Eckler, he might be back. It's looking like he's he's trending the right way, right? And I think Caitlin Balage is probably trending the wrong way. So we might end up seeing uh, a more than a normal workload for a guy returning from a serious injury like that. So I'm really open to Austin Eckler and like RB two lineups for redraft, dynasty leagues, whatever you gotta do. But just yes. looking at some of these over-unders here for the receiving yards, you got Devin Singletary, 13.5. Keenan Allen, 77.5. That seems really optimistic. Mike Williams at 42.5. Cole Beasley, 61. And Stephon Diggs is at 84.5. He's going to be one of the hot plays of the week. Uh, anything stick out here first glance? You know, I mean, we both talked about how we like Diggs uh, before we looked at the props. And, you know, you can tell DK is juicing that one up, but. I think Diggs is still a good play at 84 and a half. This game should, we should see some points. Uh, Diggs is just a favorite target at, of Josh Allen. I'd be curious. Can we go and look and see what, uh, what's Diggs? How many times has he been hitting that number? 
So I did see on the the Charger side, they're going to have no Casey Hayward, no Melvin Ingram. That's pretty big. Chill. So they're losing their best. I think, is Bosa still playing? Is Bosa okay? Yeah, Bosa's okay. So they still have Bosa, but they lose, I mean, one of the best pass rushers in the game, and then they're going to lose Casey Hayward, a really solid lockdown corner. Right. So the number is 84 and a half. Mm-hmm. He's been, he's been over that three straight games. In Arizona, I mean, that's a, that's a Patrick Peterson matchup, right? So, And then this New England game would have been Stephon Gilmore, right? Uh, I think Gilmore might have been out. Was out. Been out. Yeah. Okay, so that, that – well, I mean, at least the last two games, we right. see some really good numbers here. And then before that, I mean, he had 106, 115, 153, and 86. So there's only been three games where he's been, I guess, under 50 yards. So do we think mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be a potential game where he doesn't hit it? I don't know. That feels really good. No Casey Hayward. Yeah, no Casey Hayward. I mean, 84 and a half might be high enough where you're like, okay. But it's, I mean, it's one of those things where like, even if the line was at 70 and we look at those stats again, he still would have hit at the same amount of time. So it's like yep. 70 to 85. I mean, it's like, look at, the, I mean, look at the targets. It's all about the targets. If he's hitting that, that over 10 yards per target, he's getting there. I mean, the three games that he didn't, that one was a weird six target game. He hasn't been under eight targets outside of that one game, so he's getting fed the ball. What I'm going to pull up here is let's see what the Chargers have been allowing. Uh, Two wide receivers. We'll look at some of the best receivers. So week one, A.J. Green led the team with 51 yards. Uh, It looks like week two, Tyreek Hill had 99 yards. Uh, Week three, Robbie Anderson, 55. Curtis, 45. And D.J. Moore, 65. So all guys kind of ate. They didn't really have one big boom game. Mike Evans went for 122. Manuel Sanders went for 122. Scotty Miller with the 83. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you got Deshaun Hamilton down here with 82. Jerry Judy, 73. Um, no one's really been close, I guess, lately. Mm. Demel Mims had 71. Uh, but from a PPR standpoint, they've been allowing a lot of points here, double-digit points to receivers. So I am interested in Stephon Diggs here, but I think Keenan Allen might be the guy here because you would expect Tredavious White to line up almost exclusively with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I mean, the dude, what, got 19, 20 targets last week or something? Yeah, he was getting fed. So let's pull up, uh, let's see what Keenan's been. They got Cole Beasley up at 61 and a half. That's... Yeah, there's, I think there's beginning to be a trend with Cole Beasley that he is going to be, and no John Brown in this one. Um, there's, a, there's kind of a trend with Cole Beasley where they have, he's kind of like the struggle target for Josh Allen. Um, but I guess if you're looking at Keenan Allen here, 145 yards last week, only 39 against Miami, 103, see a 67, 123. So he's on a weird every other week kind of streak here. So maybe, <laughs> I don't know. What did he do here with Keenan Allen? Are he's dishes. Um, yeah, Keenan Allen, it's, it's, the problem is, I mean, they got these lines high enough where you're kind of, as, as, as fans of the overs, you're just like, man, that's, that's a lofty target, but. So I'm just we're just looking now at the the Buffalo Bills and seeing who like I'm curious what type of receiver they've allowed to have good games. So already off the bat, you see Jamison Crowder, 115 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna keep going down. Isaiah Ford really close with 76, and Isaiah Ford same thing as Jamison Crowder. Cooper Cup, okay, we have a trend. Uh, little slot receivers here getting big points. 107 yards for Cooper Cup. Uh, Robert Woods with 74. Uh, looks like AJ Brown was a beast against them, 82 and a touchdown. Uh, otherwise, you got DK Metcalf went off for 108 yards. DeAndre Hopkins 127. So they do allow receivers to 
you know, kind of hit their marks here. I'm seeing a lot of at the top of the year, you see Crowder. Uh, they did say uh, Isaiah Ford, Cooper Cup. So you're seeing a lot of these smaller receivers, which might favor a Keenan Allen here. And right. I guess if I, I kind of like Josh Allen and the Bills in this one, we might see Justin Herbert have to throw the ball 40 plus times, which equals how many Keenan Allen targets. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. I mean, these, both these offenses have alpha males. You got Keenan Allen, you got Stefan Diggs. So if we're going to get points, we're going to see these guys get fed targets. I think we need to choose a stand. We need to have one of these receivers probably in our. Yeah, I'll take uh, the lower. I'll take the 77 and a half from Keenan Allen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I so think both these guys are in probably top five in targets on the year. So, so because we like Stefan Diggs, I'm just going to check him and we can maybe think about him later. But uh, let's move on. I guess while we're. So, you want to do a different format here while we do this? Maybe we, we stick with the Chargers and the Buffalo game and we're just going to bounce to the rushing yards real quick. Um, we'll, we'll I really dip. don't care about any rushing yards in this game. I think it's all about the passing games. But Josh Allen, 34 and a half. Zach Moss, 40 and a half. Singletary, 33.5. And Herbert at 15 and a half. Does anything here make sense, or would you rather just bet with the arms? No, yeah, I'll stick to the arms. I mean, with Moss and Singletary, we still don't really have like a defined split on those two yet. So, so then we're seeing Josh Allen at 285.5 passing yards and Herbert, 275 and a half. That's interesting. Two seventy-five. What these guys have been doing lately? Yeah, I mean, I think two seventy-five and a half is a pretty. You got to be pretty. That's a pretty positive outlook, based on what Herbert's been doing. I mean, Allen Allen put up two eighty-four last week, and they had him at two eighty-five. Otherwise, four fifteen, one fifty-four against New England. But again, that was like a weird wet game. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, three hundred seven versus the Jets. So he's been kind of inconsistent lately. But they are coming off a bye. And it, I mean, again, no Casey Hayward, no Melvin Ingram. I think there could be a lot of success in the air. But uh, because we have the opportunity to get, I mean, Justin Herbert's lower. Um, so let's just see what he's been doing lately. And I think we're going to probably, we're going to probably fall into the Herbert line here. Yeah. I think we, 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 we liked him a couple weeks ago. We went with Carson Wentz when we should have just stuck with Herbert, right? Uh, the the sure. line is 275 and a half. He's only been under that one. Two games in his career out of what nine games now. Yeah, I think I think it makes sense to roll with Herbert if we're going to be betting passing overs. Right. And again, um, I just think that the Bills are probably going to have their way and do what they want on offense. We're going to see Herbert attempt a lot of passes, so I will I will check Herbert and then we're going to move on to the Raiders Falcons game and we'll kind of snake it back now. So we're looking at Derek Carr and Matt Ryan. You got Carr at two seventy two and a half. Matt Ryan just under three hundred with two ninety nine and a half. Do you like anybody's passing overs here? Yeah, I think if you told me that Julio plays the whole game, I I think Matt Ryan like will pretty much throw for three hundred yards. It's like crazy to see his splits without Julio. Problem is, I mean, last week Julio was in there and then he wasn't in there and then he was in there. But you know, he was kind of flippy floppy all week, and that's just kind of what you have to expect with Julio. I've got I've got no confident beat on if it's going to be a Carr or a Josh Jacobs game this week. It could easily be a huge Darren Waller game, but I just the receiving game is so inconsistent for the Raiders. And then with Matt Ryan again, you raised a good point. We don't know what's going on with Julio Jones. Uh, my brother just texted me. Jonathan Taylor's on the COVID list. Yeah, I got that. I just I got an alert as well, so that's interesting. Naheem Hines, it is baby. real. It's let's, go stack, let's go stack the Naheem Hines real quick. Chalk City. Uh, so we, let's hear. While this is uh, breaking news, Jonathan Taylor on the COVID list. He's got him. He's not playing tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Looking here, do you have Naheem Hines at twenty-three and a half? 
uh, receiving yards. And then if we quick look at his rushing yards. Oh, they, they must have jacked it. They must have jacked it. 25 something. and a half. Do we lock that in right now? I think you should lock that in if we can get it real quick. Yes. All right. We'll, we'll click to that. We're going to come back to it. Jonathan Taylor, not going to play tomorrow. That's a huge loss for Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. So they, they just took it out. I just refreshed. I think is, is, so is, is Jordan Wilkins going to be uh, – should everyone run to their waiver wires right now and pick up Jordan Wilkins? I mean, I mean I, you know they're going to use two backs. Yeah, they're going to use two backs. Wilkins could definitely be a touchdown candidate this week. If you're in a touchdown only league, I definitely they think they that Jordan Wilkins scrapped should be. all of it. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, they, they just scrapped it all. And then I'm just curious, looking at the receiving. So they did. They they did pull all the running back receiving numbers here. They did leave Pittman Jr., Moali, and some of the the tight ends and stuff here. But yeah, all of a sudden, um, we're gonna have to rethink our Colts backfield situation. Um, yep. that would have been sweet to get that right in there. Cool. Breaking news. That was cool. <laughs> um, so okay, so we're not interested in Derek Carr, Matt Ryan. Those guys are too inconsistent. We don't know if we're gonna get good Julio or bum Julio. Yep. Let's uh, let's just look at the rushing yards here. We do know that Todd Gurley is not going to play. Josh Jacobs is at seventy-five and a half, and then they got Brian Hill, the projected. Next man up is going to be at 55 and a half. Do we know enough about Brian Hill to think about this? I just think uh, I think it's going to be more of a uh, committee situation, so I'm not really too confident in that one. Uh, Josh Jacobs at 75 and a half was pretty interesting. I mean, we know the Falcons so, are pretty bad against running backs. I'm just looking around here, and so I just filtered by yards allowed to the running backs. We do see – the Raiders are down here. They've only allowed 905 yards to the running back, so that's pretty reasonable. They do allow, with the Raiders, they get a lot of teams to pass the ball to the running backs on them. So 60 catches, almost 500 receiving yards. That's where uh, the Raiders allow more of their points. And then if we look at the Atlanta Falcons against the running back. Where are they at? They, they're, they're wow. Pretty, pretty respectful. So teams, that's that's just strictly a funnel defense situation where everyone can just hit them with the quarterback passing to the tight ends or the wide receiver, and then the running backs Aww. are just an afterthought, right? Right. So, so I mean, maybe. that's a pretty low number for me for Josh Jacobs in a game. Like, the Raiders are simple, man. Like, we know they're going to run the ball. Like, they're going to pound Josh Jacobs for at least 20 times. Do we think he can get, you know, three and a half yards per carry? Right. That's a good question. I mean, again, with this with this Atlanta team, I mean, the game script's crazy because Julio plays, they're racking points up. Other teams are forced to throw the ball. Julio's not in there. It becomes kind of a little more sloppy mess. Mom's lasagna, you know, what are you going to get? You don't know what you're going to get. Um, hard to really trust anything, I guess. I do, I do like Josh Jacobs to hit more than 75 yards. I'm just curious what, uh, what he's been – coming along lately it seems like they've been really consistent with him too um so 50, the 75 and a half was the number i guess yeah we can't i mean do it he either smash he's going to be a consistent 50 to 70 yard guy right um but he's been getting the volume lately if you tell me he's going to get the ball 20 times sure i'm going to take him to get over every time he's had the ball 20 times or i guess 21 and plus he's getting that number so um if you think Josh Jacobs is going to get the ball a lot and you think the Raiders can control the game, Josh Jacobs should be a good bet there. But let's just look at the receiving numbers real quick. You got Nelson Aguilar. People are betting that one. They like that one for 46 and a half. You got Waller, 57 and a half. The Falcons are the worst team against the tight end. 
uh, in fantasy. You got Hunter Renfro, 41 and a half. Josh Jacobs, 15 and a half. Did any of the, I guess, Henry Ruggs at 33 and a half. Does any of the Raiders overs intrigue you? You know, I kind of like the the Darren Waller script this week. Uh, makes sense. Falcons are very bad against the tight end. It's a game where I think they're going to, you know, they're going to, like you said, they try and control the clock. They're going to control the ball. You know, dink and dunk. They're going to try and establish that run. They're going to, but they're going to be peppering Waller on the targets when they need to. So here are the numbers. The Falcons have allowed the third most yards to tight ends, about 622 so far. And then in terms of receptions, only a few teams have allowed more. They've allowed 57 total catches to the tight ends this year, and they have allowed a league high eight touchdowns. So it's going to be, I guess, the Chargers do allow a lot of touchdowns too. Looks like the Jaguars as well. But uh, the Falcons, man, Darren Waller is uh, probably going to have to set some lineups with Darren Waller and their DFS stuff. Um, but uh, I don't know. I feel pretty good about the 57 and a half. That seems pretty low. Um, should we just look and see what Waller's been uh, humming around lately the last few games? Yeah. So 57 and a half. We have to beat that. So we see 88. And then what the hell? 37, 22, 27, 50, yeah. oh, weird. 48. This is not good, man. I can't maybe, do it. Yeah, maybe Carr's been just spreading the ball too much, you know. Just kind of. <sighs> and the targets. I, I mean, if you could tell me the targets were going to be a little more consistent here, I would feel good about it. But I, I, to me, I think it's going to be a Josh Jacobs game. So I, I, I don't know if I feel comfortable. I, I it, The Raiders are a really hard puzzle to figure out. Yeah, that's the, the thing. Side here, you got Brian Hill, 16 and a half, and Calvin Ridley, 75 and a half. Is that too steep for Calvin Ridley? Or, I mean, I, I had a question on my show. I think it was maybe Wednesday night. Um, someone's like, are we nervous about Ridley without Julio? And I was I pulled up the numbers, and it was weeks three and weeks five, and Calvin Ridley was over 100 yards in both those games. So what's the status on Julio right now? I mean, it's questionable. It's more game time decision, right? Uh, it's it, yeah. We'll probably know around ten thirty in the morning tomorrow. I'm assuming he's going to try to play. I, I was really encouraged with his practice report. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, because I mean, the other thing too is like the eye test for me. When we saw Julio last Sunday, he was still on the sideline and like he was like jumping and trying to get ready and, and like stretching himself out. Um, it looked like he could have played. I mean, if that was a playoff game, he's probably going to play through it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one thing that I noticed here is really optimistic. He was able to practice limited on Wednesday right away. Uh, so I don't know what's <clears throat> what's up with this. Did not practice on Friday. Maybe that's just um, they felt good about what he did Wednesday and Thursday. And they said, hey, we're going to try to get you to play. We'll see you on warmups. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming to me, this feels like he's going to try to play. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes me nervous. I, it's just I, there's a lot of question marks around this entire. You know, Oakland's hard to predict. Atlanta, you know, it's Jekyll Hyde. It's you know, flip the script. It's either going to be a shootout, Julio plays. It's either going to be a sloppy mess. He doesn't play. So the thing about Calvin Ridley is, let's see. Week so I told you week three, nope, no Julio Jones in this one. 110 yards. Week five, 136 yards. Um, so look at last week, Julio was limited 90 yards. So, you know, maybe that's what we, that was one quarter, I think of Julio Jones. Yeah. And, uh, you see Ridley come through for us, but, uh, I don't know. He does have some games where he's just short, mm-hmm. but he's also just coming back from, you know, his injury. Oh no, he got injured against uh, the Panthers here. So yeah. he missed nine and 10. So, but I like, 
in so technically he's three for three over in games without Julio Jones. I'm leaning towards that being a, a pretty sneaky good play there. And Julio's the Julio's an alpha. Even if he's on the field, man, that's such a huge boost for Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't I doesn't think that I don't think he needs Julio on the field with him to be a seventy six yard play. Well, especially not against the Raiders. I mean the Raiders are you know, you've seen them. They're there's Secondary has just collapsed and allowed a 60-yard touchdown, you know, yep. how many so, times this year. I'm just curious here, the Raiders. So the Raiders are allowing the 12th most receiving yards here. Uh, they've allowed 10 touchdowns, 135 grabs. Um, so they're not great. I'm just curious to see what some of the receivers have been doing against them lately. So, of course, Tyreek Hill, 102. Denver didn't really have much arsenal here to do that. Keenan Allen, 103. Mike Williams, 81. So that's two receivers over in the same game. Scotty Miller hits it with 109. Chris Godwin, 88. That's again, that's another two receivers over that number. Tyreek Hill hit it again back uh, week five with 78. Buffalo, Diggity Diggs hit it with 115. Uh, so the Patriots, I mean, that's that was week three. They didn't really know what they were doing with the receivers yet. Trayvon Smith can hit it. And then Robbie Anderson, of course, hits it. So more often than not, they're letting one receiver to trash them in the secondary, and it's pretty simple. It's who it, who it would be if it's the Falcons. Um, so I'm just going to check it. We'll consider it and yep. we'll get to the show later. Uh, let's move on to the Browns and the Jacksonville Jaguars here. I really don't know if I'm comfortable betting into this game. I did hear there's going to be some rain and some winds in Jacksonville, but uh looks like they don't have any Jaguars listed yet here, which is kind of weird. But Austin Hooper, 29.5. Kareem Hunt, 13.5. Jarvis Landry, 49 and a half. Rashard Higgins, 39 and a half. Do we, do we care about any of this or should we just go look at the Baker Mayfield under? <laughs> yeah, you know what to do, man. You know what to do. Um, so I can't, I can't bet on a passing over in, in Cleveland. Yeah, so right now, as far as weather goes, it's uh, it's just a chance for showers, but the winds aren't too bad right now. Um, doesn't look too bad as far as like throw potential yet. So it's on the monitor, been- though. Yeah. Okay, well, the one part about Cleveland that we should like is Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. We're, we're seeing at the moment right now, it's, it's it's kind of blowing my mind. Nick Chubb is actually getting less snaps than Kareem Hunt the last two games. Um, and Hunt last week, he did get the touchdown in the goal line area. Nick mm-hmm. Chubb did not. But uh, Nick Chubb's been over 100 yards in back-to-back games. Do we like Nick Chubb at 87.5 against the Jaguars? I mean, I mentioned this yesterday. I, I... If the Cleveland Browns ran the ball 40 times, would, I be, would you be shocked against this team? I mean, this is one of those games, hey, guys, let's get to Jacksonville. Let's run this clock out. Let's just win the ball. You know, let's just get this game over with. No, they're, they're, there's no ready to take risk. It's going to be run, 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 play action, run, 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 play action. And they're just going to pound it down the Jacksonville Jaguars' throats. This game's going to be over. It's probably going to be one of the quickest games of the day, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, just because we expect the Jaguars to run the ball with James Robinson quite a bit. That's like really their only way. I mean, I like to think about it um, in terms of, okay, I'm Doug Marone, and how are we going to win this game? We're going to run the ball, and we're going to control the clock for like 35 to 40 minutes. Right. And uh, we're not going to let Mike Glennon toss the ball probably more than 25 times. I like unders. I like, yeah, I mean, I like I like unders on points. The, r- the rushing yards, it makes a lot of sense to, to nab if you're going to nab something. I did see an interesting quote about Mike Glennon, though. That was funny. Someone was talking about building DFS lineups. And uh, 
Glenn said, this could be my last start ever. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to sling that ball around. So, going to sling it right in the Browns defense. Um, Start I do love Browns defense. Um, but I was going to say, I'm a little disappointed we don't see any James Robinson numbers here. I do think it's going to be a late addition tomorrow. Yeah. The dude, the, he produced against the Steelers, man. I think he rushed for 70 some yards against the Steelers. So if they're, if he's anywhere in that, if he's anything below 70 yards, I think I have to take James Robinson just because we've seen enough. Like, and it is Mike Glennon. They're going to just hand the ball off a ton. Um, maybe the, the, the Browns load the box, but uh, I don't think Miles Garrett's playing in this one either. So I do think Robinson could be the guy here. Uh, are you interested in Nick Chubb, 87 and a half? I definitely am. You know, it's, it's a high number, but two weeks in a row we've seen it. He is almost there like between the 10 – between the 10s guy, like he's just going to get you 40, 50 yards, and then the reward is going to go to, you know, hunt. Unless Chubb just breaks off a 70-yard touchdown run, which. So, I mean, four out of six yeah. games, man, he's been over 100 yards. Yeah, and look, I mean, it. he did it against Washington. He had six He had six carries against Dallas and had 43 yards. I mean, give the guy six more carries, he's, he's there. Look at his yards per carry this year. I, he's insane, dude. I mean, they're going to maul over these Jaguars. They're going to run the ball 40 times. I almost like both running backs hit the overs. but Okay, uh, so let's, let's do an exercise here. So we don't see – if we just take his worst game, which is 5.6 yards per carry, and mm-hmm. let's just call it five yards. All right, so I'm going to divide 87 because uh, that's the number we have to beat, 87.5 divided by five yards per carry. That means he needs 18 carries to hit the over. And uh, he did it against Houston, against Philadelphia. That almost feels like like it's easy money. And and because I, I cut him short, I only gave him five yards per carry. It's against Jacksonville. He might end up with seven yards per carry. No. And if you're, if you're thinking he's going to get if – you, if you can guarantee me, guarantee me he's going to get the ball at least 18 times on the ground, this is an easy, easy overplay. I mean, what's his what's his average yards per carry right now? Just give him give him the average. He probably needs fourteen carries with his average. It's six point oh. Yeah. Um. So eighty seven and a half divided by six. Yeah, that gives us fourteen point five eight. So fourteen or uh, fifteen carries will do the trick. And uh, I, dude, I, I there's would, no way he doesn't get that many carries. I, I mean, there's no way. As far like we need we need a green win on the fantasyfellowship.com. I I think Nick Chubb, man. Yeah, I like that, Nick Chubb this week. That feels almost like easy money there. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather take Nick Chubb than I would Calvin Ridley. I I'd, I'd even I'm even more comfortable about that than you know Diggs here at 84 and a half. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, these are some high numbers when we're talking about here. I mean, DK did not they're not messing around with these lines, but I, I that's Nick Chubb is gonna is he's gold. All right, so are we locking in Baker Mayfield under 222 and a half yards? He's missed it once this year. I mean, I can't. I, why, we're up so much on that. We can't not take it. And why Why would they pass the ball? On the season, he's only been over 222 and a half twice. Once against the Colts, which was weird. And then the other game against Cincinnati. Uh, but for the most part here, they're not even letting him throw the ball 25 times a game right now. I know Houston and Philadelphia were some really bad weather games. And uh, it's just kind of like we said, we think this game's going to probably be the quickest like this of all the games that are going to finish first tomorrow. It's going to be the Browns game because we just expect probably over like 50 to 60 rushing attempts combined from both teams. 
So I, they're not going to have time to throw. Right. So Agreed. we will fall into the Baker Mayfield under as usual. Yeah. Moving on to the Cardinals and the New England Patriots. You got Cam Newton at 220.5. I never feel comfortable betting his overs or unders. And Kyler Murray with this weird little shoulder thing going on. I drops. Yeah. I don't think I can. I don't think I can touch this one. If Both we, sides. if you, if and if, if this shoulder thing is not as serious as you think, two fifty two is a nice number. Right, but we also have the game within the game of DeAndre Hopkins on Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, Christian Kirk, baby, fire him up. Yeah, I, th- I think this is the Christian Kirk game. Uh, I just wanted to type in Kyler Murray Polish. and no, no Larry Fitzgerald too. So yeah, that's 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 concerning. I mean, against Seattle, man, he should have smashed him. 269, 250, 245 against Buffalo, 283 against Miami. Uh, he's got a lot of things working against him this week. Not only is his shoulder kind of sore, but Hopkins versus Gilmore. No Larry Fitzgerald, who had a pretty good game last week. I think 62 yards. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable betting on uh, either of these. If I had to bet, I'd probably take the under in both of them. But, again, Anything happens with these two teams, I think it's it's too unpredictable for me to fall into. Yeah. So looking at the rushing number numbers here, you got Damian Harris, 48 and a half. People are betting this one over here. Uh, he's got minus 121 there. Cam Newton, 42 and a half. Kenyon Drake, 54 and a half. James White, 10 and a half. We don't have Rex Burkhead anymore. I've been telling people to play oh, James White as a run back too. That seems really low, but I, I I guarantee you if we pull up James White's numbers, he's probably gotten over that once this year. Yeah, maybe. And then Chase Edmonds, 20 and a half. That takes him one run sometimes to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Kyler Murray, 51 and a half. If we do expect a little bit more focus in the run game, I mean, they got Larry Fitzgerald out. They got a tough matchup for DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe this is a game where the running backs are featured. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, that, that 54 and a half from Kenyon seems pretty low. So uh, He's been back two weeks from his injury, and I'm pretty sure he's hit that 54 and a half both times. So I'm just going to pull up. Uh, I'm looking for the Patriots. I want to see how many yards of allowed they have to the running backs here. So they're actually, you know, towards the top of the list here, 990 yards. That's almost 100 yards a game to the running backs, which, I mean, you combine you combine Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, and that's going to put them right there. Uh, yep. So let's just kind of see. I'm kind of curious to see what kind of body types have been running against them. So last weekend they locked up Duke Johnson and CJ Procise, just a really weird run game day there looks like gus edwards hit 42 against them week 10 week 8 zach moss 81 devin singletary 86 uh, i skipped frank gore at 46 um jeff wilson puts up 112 on this team philip Lindsay 101 clyde edwards 64 uh josh jacobs 71 chris carson 72 so there is uh some success here for running backs against the patriots um and because Rex Burkhead's out, I think you have to be interested in Damian Harris and maybe – oh, no, we're talking, we're talking uh, Cardinals here. So maybe Kenyon Drake gets his over 54-and-a-half. I want to pull up um, pull up his numbers the last couple games. Well, he's only been back for two games. He's been healthy and avoided any setbacks in those two games. 29 yards against Seattle. Don't like that. Uh, and 100 yards against Buffalo. So – yeah, I was thinking, you know, he had, he had a couple catches. It was interesting to see, yeah, the receiving usage of that game was flipped. It's kind of odd. I don't, I, I've never been comfortable betting on Kenyon Drake. Um, yeah. If I was to bet on one, it would be Chase Edmonds. 
Uh, let's see here. I'm pretty sure he's been more consistent. Uh, only 13 yards last week, but then you see without Kenyon Drake, he was running pretty good. Uh, but he doesn't need a lot of carries. Look at this. Five for 23, three for 36, a five for 58 against Seattle. Uh, if, you, if you're telling me uh, Edmonds gets five carries, I think I like that. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I don't know if uh, if I'm that comfortable with the running backs here. Do you like any of the Patriots backs at 48 and a half with Damian Harris? I mean, Damian Harris makes a lot of sense. He's been playing pretty well. I don't know how well Arizona is against the running back as far as the yardage goes, but I mean, I know Damian Harris has been getting the rock, you know. So the Cardinals are, they rank 19th, 953 yards. That's under 100 yards per game. Uh, they did allow Raheem Mostert to get 56 week one. They let Gibson and McKissick over 50 back against uh, Washington week two. Adrian Peterson hit 75. Mike Davis and Reggie Bonifant both hit over 50 back in week four. Le'Veon Bell hit 60. Ezekiel Elliott was at 49, but Pollard also had 31. So that's a, a decent day for the both of them. Carlos Hyde, 68. We're looking at uh, Miami. I don't know what happened here. Buffalo couldn't do anything there. And then Carlos Hyde again, 79 yards last week. So I guess the thing with Damien Harris, now that Rep Burkhead's out, I don't know if Sony Michelle's playing. But, I mean, just looking at the numbers here, we should know that they're going to get the ball to Damien Harris 12 to 15 times. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we just take his yards per carry here and then just, and he's got 5.4 yards per carry. All he needs guys is, is probably nine carries to hit this. So yeah, if you times that by nine, it puts him at 48.6, which would technically beat this 48.5. So it's close. But if you think Damian Harris can get the ball 10, 11, 12 times, there's a really good opportunity for him to, to hit on the over there. People are betting this one. They like him at 120 or minus 121. Uh, but for me, I, I don't really know. This game can go so many different ways. I don't think I'm comfortable with with betting any of the rushing numbers. Yeah, the Damien Harris one, it, it seems nice. 50 yards. Basically, you're saying he's got to get 50 yards, which he's been doing at a pretty pretty good clip. We just saw the Nick Chubb line move to minus 130. Someone just laid some some dough on that. They've yeah. been listening to the show. Moving the needle. Um, so I guess we're just looking at the receiving yards here in this game. Again, I, this is hard because I, there's just, this game can go so many different ways, man. Uh, Demir bird blew up last weekend. He's at 46 and a half. Nikhil Harry, uh, 35 and a half. Jacoby Myers, 56 and a half. James white, 30 and a half. That's almost, that's almost too high for me. I like, I, we expect him to be more involved with Rex Burkhead out, but that's kind of getting to the point where it can yeah. go either way. And then with the Cardinals, you got Kenyon Drake, 7.5. That, that seems interesting. That seems super low. That's, that's uh, one catch. Chase Edmonds, 19 and a half. DeAndre Hopkins, 73 and a half. And then Christian Kirk, 56 and a half. He's going to probably be the guy that I think has the best day for the Cardinals receiving. Any mm-hmm. thoughts? Yeah, the two that stand out the most for me are Drake at seven and a half. I like guys who can get it on one catch. He, he saw five targets last week, which is, well, it's, it's you know, it's one game, so we don't know if that's going to be a trend or not. Um, and then Christian Kirk at 56 and a half. We mentioned already Fitzgerald's out. So he doesn't, you know, that Lely's kind of without kind of like a valve. So maybe Kirk becomes that valve. Or do they plug in? I mean, who do they have to plug in for Larry Fitzgerald? And yeah, he is a valve. Yeah, and he's not really like a slot valve guy. He's more like send him deep. So maybe we see some more deep shots or something. 
So Christian Kirk over 56 and a half. It's only happened one, two, three, I guess four times this year out of how many games? Four to nine. That doesn't feel comfortable. But again, because of the things we just highlighted with Larry Fitzgerald being out, DeAndre Hopkins should be basically covered up by Stephon Gilmore all day. He could beat Stephon Gilmore, but I just think Kyler Murray's probably not going to look that way as often as he normally does. So if you tell me we're going to be looking at upwards of 78 targets, I do think the odds are in in Kirk's favor. I really, I mean, I think with Fitzgerald out, I'm almost looking at this game thinking. Does Kirk move to the slot? I think his val- his safety valves are going to be the running backs here, I think. I mean, so I, I, seven and a half and 19 and a half, that seems, I like both those lines. So let me pull up, uh, let me, I, I mean, I'm, I think I'm more comfortable with Chase Edmonds because we know he's going to get the more targets. Right. Uh, so let's just pull up Edmonds and see how many times he's hit 20 yards this year through the air. So last week, 36 yards. The week before, 21. The week before, 18. 87. All right, I'm, I'm taking the Chase Edmonds here. These numbers are pretty good. Uh, only one, two, three games so close. So three out of uh, that 10 games. Three out of 10 games, he has missed it. So, I mean, you, we get a 70% chance of, of, you know, hitting on this streak. And then I guess with Kenyon Drake, all he needs is eight yards to hit this over, guys. Uh, so it's it's I mean look at this is kind of really frustrating but all of a sudden last week in a game but the game script was weird in this one though because they were trailing for the most part and they had to throw the ball kind of abandon the run right but, I mean a season high targets season high catches 31 yards and look at this his yards per catch average the last few games I mean all he needs is one catch for us I think yep. uh, if you get if you tell me he gets two catches we're gonna hit the over. So if you if you're feeling kind of how we're feeling, this game can go a lot of different ways. These running back numbers are really low. I feel pretty good about Chase Edmonds, so I'm going to check him, and then we're also going to check Kenyon Drake just because that's just one catch here. We'll probably try to we'll we'll, we'll pick one of the two here for sure. Uh, any other thoughts on this game? Yeah, no, it's on New England side. It's really hard to predict what's going to happen with those pass catchers now. Yeah, and this one, I don't like. I don't know. Both teams are kind of tail between the legs right now. This is, uh, and I'm not really excited to to watch this game. I think this is a this is a in New in New England. It's a noon game. Uh, we'll see if Arizona traveling east can uh, can you know get back on the winning streak. But we're gonna move on here to the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. I'm just checking our time here. We're going on about 39 minutes, so we'll, maybe another 20 minutes or so here. Uh, but Titans Colts, we did have breaking news earlier in the show. Jonathan Taylor has been placed on the COVID list. So DraftKings has removed all of the the lines here for the receiving backs. We're gonna, I mean, I think we're gonna like Naheem Hunt in a lot of uh, daily lineups, and of course, as like your RB two. But uh, just hit refresh here, and um, dang, did they take it all off? They took the whole thing down, man. Oh, there it is. Okay. So we don't see any of the running backs listed here for the receiving overs. Do we want to start maybe with the quarterbacks and work our way, you know, through the other way? Yeah, this game's going to be – yeah, for sure. I mean, without the running backs, Indy – I'm not – Indy and the running backs, that's how they win games. And like, they win through their running backs. I will Michael, say Michael Pittman Jr. at 52 and a half. He had his breakout game over 100 yards. Uh, back on Thursday night football, 52 and a half. I mean, he took a 45-yard screen to the house or a crossing route to the house against the Packers. The dude's yeah. playing really good football right now. If you're going to bet on any non-running back for the Colts, I think Pittman's probably going to be your guy. And the Titans, man, the Titans' defense is just trash. So uh, I, could see, 
I could see Pittman having another really good game against the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to skip this game right now, though. The Titans and Colts. I think there might be uh, a better game that we can find. Uh, any any thoughts on the Giants Bengals this week? Yeah, I mean we're looking at Brandon Allen throwing the ball. I, whoever can't trust any of that. Uh, gosh, I kind of like some of the Giants though. I mean, Dar- uh, yeah, Darius Slayton was the one that I liked, forty six and a half. It seems There's, like other people that's are getting bet a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think the Giants can really kind of, you know, it's the NFC East. It's wide open, and the Giants are looking at the Bengals thinking, hey, look, guys, this is a game we can win, and we can get ourselves right in the picture of the thing, you know, you right in the thick of it. Back on the- <laughs> um, so I'm, exactly. I have a stop spot for Shepard. Um, he's at 51 and a half. He hasn't crossed that the last two games, but uh, he gets the targets, and this is an easy matchup. Um, technically Washington's kind of a tough matchup. I'm just kind of falling into the targets, but he's only been over twice. Um, and at 51 and a half, I'm, I'm curious about it, but I think I might lean towards Darius Slayton in this one. Let's just pull up his numbers real quick. This was one of those things where like the Giants, I mean, they haven't looked great, but they've, they've won some games now. They've strung together some wins, and it's, it's the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals, are, they're reeling. All right, I have an idea. Let's look at Daniel Jones' passing numbers over 235 and a half. Hmm. 235 hmm. and a half. This feels risky, but I, I like the Giants this week, man. So 235 and a half. He was able to do that against Philadelphia. He was able to do that against Tampa Bay of recently. So two out of the last three games, he's been over this number. Some really bad stuff here against the, the Eagles and the Washington football team. 222. So, the, I mean, it's not a, a really safe bet at all, betting on any of these guys. Uh, but again, Daniel Jones, 235 and a half. Do we bet the under on Brandon Allen, 215 and a half, or do we just ignore this game? Yeah, Brandon, I don't know. I can't tell you anything about what Brandon Allen's going to do on Sunday, you know. I think we've seen him in NFL action once or twice, maybe. He did have maybe three starts with Broncos last year before Drew Locke got onto the field. So he, I mean, he's not a, he's not a very high percentage completion guy, 193 yards, 240 yards. Uh, interceptions were fine. Only two interceptions, but I don't know, man. I don't know if uh, I'm not, I'm not trusting a guy in his fourth career start on a team that. Dude, I'm nervous about the Bengals. Like, we're gonna see what the Bengals are made of as far as like heart and and effort into this game. Their season's right. pretty much been washed. Yep. And I'm just nervous about every single like, Tyler Boyd. Like, do you even start Tyler Boyd this week as a wide receiver three? I don't know. Tough don't questions. Know. I mean, yeah, AJ Green. You have to assume at this point is he's he's like the definition of what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Check out. Like, he was already kind of checked out with Joe Burrow for. Right. Moments and I mean I could just see it now. AJ Green kind of pulling up on a route and it just gets picked off or something, you know. Oh uh, gosh, so I, I I can see the Giants having some success. Let's uh, I guess one more thought on this game is I wanted to look at because I like Wayne Gallman this weekend in fantasy lineups. They got Wayne Gallman at fifty six and a half, but ah, oh, it's just it's so dirty betting on these guys. You can't feel too good about it, you know. Like again, I think this is a game the Giants win. I, you know, how do they win it though? You know, 
So the thing for Wayne Gallman, he's had 53 yards, 68 the last two games. Tough matchup against Washington. He ran pretty well here. He scored four, five, four touchdowns or five touchdowns in the last four games. So he's kind of their hot hand right now. Never if, look at that TD prop, Wayne Gallman TD prop. Oh, really sitting at. Should we get there right now? I mean, I'm just thinking about. Well, thinking that, about. that's probably the one thing that I think we feel comfortable about. Um, where are we here? So Wayne Gallman plus 105. Plus let's, 105. Man, let's go, baby. That's uh, we're gonna check that one. That one feels pretty pretty consistent that we can fall into that there. So I'm just seeing here. We have three more bets to put on the day here. Uh, maybe we'll just kind of go rogue here, and we'll just let's just kind of let's just take a look at some of the other receivers. What games up. did we have left? I think uh, I think I saw Carolina, Minnesota was was yep. up there, and then New Orleans and so, Denver. So yeah, we'll finish with these two games here: DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel. The, we know the Vikings secondary is not very good. Yes. We got Robbie Anderson steep at 70 and a half yards. He actually benefits more with Teddy Bridgewater in the lineup, I think. But DJ mm -hmm. Moore at 59 and a half, a dude that just put up 127 yards last week with PJ Walker. 59 and a half. Wow. DJ Moore's been coming on. I mean, he's catching up to he's cut he's caught up to Robbie Anderson as far as like Absolutely. fantasy points go. So here, let's just pull these. I'm definitely in. intrigued by DJ Moore. We get so, one more Mike Davis week. So we still have. Oh, wow. These guys are, are neck and neck right now in fantasy points. Not much separates them at mm -hmm. all. But last weekend, because of the game, DJ Moore did pass him in yards. Um, so Robbie Anderson's probably going to lead the team in receptions in this one. They seem to like – it's weird, man. They're they're Basically, the roles that we thought each guy was going to get are reversed. Right. So I really think uh, – I like both guys. I do think DJ Moore actually at 59 and a half. We've seen him kind of become more of a downfield guy. And uh, let's just take a look here. His Look at his yards per catch for DJ Moore, 18.8 compared to 13 and 14 the last couple of years. So essentially you're telling me DJ Moore only needs three or four catches to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, and then two of the last games here against Tampa Bay, it's a tough matchup, 96 yards. And then Detroit's Detroit, so 127 yards there. So I really think, um, I mean, and you see some 93s here out of DJ Moore. I just think 59 and a half is really low. Can you, um, I guess, do you, what can you tell me about Robbie Anderson? Do you feel uh, stronger about one guy or the other? Yeah, it's kind of interesting that, you know, with Teddy back in the ball game, you know, what are we going to get? Um, I think it's going to be, it's going to be though, what it's been the last couple of weeks. I think we're going to get that. DJ Moore is going to get his looks deep. He catches three of those balls. He's probably going to hit 60 yards. Um, Robbie Anderson's gonna get his—he's gonna get targets though. Uh, Curtis Samuel lurks lurks in the distance. This is one of those games where no Adam Thielen on Minnesota side of the ball—they're probably gonna rely heavily on Delvin Cook. Uh, so what are we gonna get as far as like a score line goes? I think. Well, I'm nervous about Robbie Anderson. He hasn't hit 70 yards since Week Seven, so he's gone four straight games under this number. I guess now might be a good time to start a new, uh, new streak. But uh, I don't know if I'm—I don't know. With Teddy Bridgewater back, it could be a good game for Robbie Anderson. Uh, but I think if I'm going to take one of these guys, I do like DJ Moore just because it's at 59 and a half. And then let's mm -hmm. quick take a peek. Curtis Samuel's been one of the hottest receivers the last like month and a half. Um, I mean, he just—he gets wow, a touchdown every week. It's crazy. I got him at 49 and a half. 
and uh, 70 yards last week. Eight yards against Tampa Bay. We don't know what the hell that was. But 105 against the Chiefs, 31 against Atlanta, 48 against the Saints. So this one, uh, I think I would rank them in terms of comfort level. I'm going to do DJ Moore, then Samuel, then Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I think DJ Moore is my one as well from a comfort standpoint. I think 60 yards against this secondary just it, it makes it makes too much sense. It, uh, and the way they're using him lately now, man, is he's been getting he's been getting mm-hmm. some massive chunk plays. I just want to see if they list some of his long. Uh, they don't do that anymore. I, I wish they could tell us his long plays. Yeah. But yeah, just look at these yards per catch. So the last week was 18 yard, 24 against Tampa, 27 and a half. I mean, you're telling me. He only needs three catches to get this against the Vikings. I think Cameron Dantzler is probably going to be on him. So, <laughs> who? It, yeah, it looks pretty good for DJ Moore here. Mm-hmm. On the Vikings side of things, are we just going to dip our whole body into the just, Justin Jefferson gold here? Yeah, I mean, at this point, with no Adam Thielen, Jefferson's going to get double-digit targets, right? And if you tell me Justin Jefferson's getting double-digit targets and his yards per target's pretty high, I, I feel pretty good about that. So what's weird is we don't have any, you know, he's a rookie. We don't have any data with Justin Jefferson being the the lone receiver for the Vikings. But I guess if we assume, it's safe to assume, he's going to get 9, 10 plus targets, right? Yeah. So in those games where we're looking at nine targets, we see 175 yards against the Titans, one of the worst secondaries in the league. You do see 11 targets against Atlanta, 166 yards, two touchdowns, by the way. Uh, Look at that bear. Chicago, 135 yards. And then even then, last week against Dallas, you only took him five targets, three catches, 86 yards. Yep. Houston, Uh, five targets, four catches, 103 yards. This feels like it should have been, since they know Adam Thielen's probably out, this should be at somewhere like 83 and a half. They should add 10 yards to this. I like the Jefferson. So we're going to go with Curly Jefferson here. It looks like we have maybe one more bet to put on the list here. Can we rule any of these bets out that uh, maybe we're not into? Are we going to put Wayne Goldman as our guy to score? Yes. (laughs) Yes. One guy to do it this week, plus 105. He's definitely in consideration. We'll have to look at the other touchdowns, but Wayne Goldman, plus, I like it. Are we, should we look quick at the, um, at the Dalvin Cook rushing prop? Probably just to see where we're at. 112, what the oh, they, they know what's up, dude. God. They know what's up. That's wow, heavy. Guys. He's going to probably hit it, but I can't I can't put it on. Give me another 200-yarder. I can't do it. Uh, are we, let's look at the Saints-Broncos game. I don't really feel comfortable betting Taysom Hill over 53 and a half yards, but he's going to have a pretty good game. I might like his rush or his touchdown prop if we can find that in a second here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Latavius Murray, Alvin Kamara, do you feel strong about these guys hitting 54-and-a-half or 44-and-a-half? I mean, AK with Taysom Hill, man, you got to bump him. It's, he's, he's getting bumped down. Did he have he, – this was the first game in his career without a catch, right? Yep, and they got him at 29-and-a-half. I just – I mean, if you're Sean Payton and you're reviewing that box score from last weekend, what's the first thing that you see that you're like, we need to fix this? Yeah, right. It's AK's usage. I mean, he's got to be more involved. And I mean, the fact that Latavius Murray had two catches last weekend, they have Latavius at six and a half yards, man, receiving yards here. And let's just pull up Latavius Murray. I've been telling people the last, ever since we knew Taysom Hill was going to be the guy, I've been telling people Latavius Murray should be owned in all leagues right now. Absolutely. But 
two for 36 last weekend. I don't know what happened against the Niners here, but two for three, three for 14, one for nine, two for 23. Do you think that Taysom Hill can find Latavius Murray for just at least seven yards? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like that Kenyon Drake one, you know. He gets his, he gets two targets. It's all, it's got, it's done. Yeah. He needs, technically, look at this. Look at this. this the one. He's giving me the one. He's giving me the one for seven. One, yeah, I mean. Give me the one for seven. He's going to be in the game more, I think. Um, and well, here's my case for Latavius Murray. We're playing the they're, they're playing the Broncos, man. What's the over under on Drew Lock turnovers in this one? <laughs> yeah, probably uh, two and a half. I would probably say it's two and a half. Like he's he's going to probably fumble and throw an interception, and uh, it depends on that third one here. But I think Latavius Murray at six and a half, man, that's kind of low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably like that more than the Drake one. Yeah, if I, I, I think I would rather take the, the Edmonds to get 19 and a half. And then as far as six and a half, man, I, I think that uh, just because the history is on the side for Latavius Murray, we can actually see some games here where he does catch passes. Right. And with Kenyon Drake last week, and that was the first game of his season where he actually got more than three targets. Um so I think I feel comfortable about Latavius Murray at six and a half. So let's let's boot out Kenyon Drake here, and we're gonna slide in. We're betting on Latavius Murray six and a half. <laughs> All right, then. week twelve, man. It's a weird one. I just saw James Conner test positive COVID. That game's not playing, man. We're not getting Baltimore Pittsburgh this week. Well, the thing about, I guess at least it's not a Raven. Four Steelers today tested positive. Connor's the, the the headliner. Yep. Wow. So uh, if you're hearing this, breaking news: James Connor will not be uh, playing on Tuesday. We who knows who's going to be playing on Tuesday, dude. Um, old Greg's gonna be popping out. Wow. So uh, more positive in Pittsburgh here. One coach, one player. Looks like um, looking around for some. So yeah, James Connor is positive. Was there, did you see a list of anybody else here? I didn't see any other names. I think that was just the one that probably was the eye popper. <sighs> wow. Yeah, Connor's one of the ones that you got to kind of – you got to be a little worried about with his history, you know. Definitely with his health uh, with his health history. It's uh, In terms of fantasy, though, you're probably kind of okay with James Connor being listed out. He hasn't really been helping us the last few games. But, uh, yeah, definitely – this is going to be a moving target. We're going to have to keep an eye on this. Um, I don't know. With the Tuesday night game, I don't know if we can set our lineups with Steelers or Ravens at the moment right now. So I'm after the show, I'm probably going to go add a backup tight end for Mark Andrews. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess back to the topic here. We got the Saints and the Broncos here. Do you like anybody's passing overs here? They got Michael Thomas at 68 and a half. Yeah, no, I'm not going to touch passing overs with Taysom Hill. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, 200 and a half, man, 200 and a half. The dude hit it last weekend, but it was against the Falcons. And here, the only reason I think Michael Thomas might be low, he only needs 69 yards. And last weekend, he was pummeled with targets. So 12 targets, 9 catches, 104 yards. It's Atlanta, though. It's Atlanta, but it's also Denver. So if I'm going to bet something in that game, I think I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit of Latavius Murray to just get one catch at least. Here. Yeah, I'll take the easy, the, the one and done in that one. I don't 
I don't really want to worry about accumulating stats. So that one. Here. we got one more guy that can potentially be added to our, our card list here. We did say Wayne Gallman, one of our favorites to score a touchdown tomorrow. Uh, I'm just going to roll all the way down here because I wanted to see. Um, let's see here. So we're not going to bet on the Monday night game. Um, the Packer games, Sunday night football, Devontae Adams minus 155, Aaron Jones 134. Uh, I don't know if I feel comfortable about any of those ones. What about the Monty plus one forty is kind of interesting, but what about this Chiefs Bucks game? Who's going to score a touchdown for Tampa Bay? That's the thing, man. Godwin plus one ninety seems pretty high. Chiefs have been an interesting team. They're not like good, good scoring defense. I, I, don't, I don't really know. I, I think you know, you know. Here's the narrative: Tom Brady coming off a loss. Like, are we going to get angry, Tom? Here's another stat that I saw. Tom Brady, as a home underdog, is 3-0 in his career. The very small sample size. Very small sample size. But Tampa Bay right now, they either look great or they look like crap. They just I know it's like <laughs> crap. I mean, it could be. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. Let's move on. It's such on. a weird team, man. Like, do they show up this week and dominate? Like they did against the Packers, or like do they lay an egg? It's going to be somewhere in between. Weird. Um, 49ers, Rams, I don't have – everyone here is, is plus odds here. I don't know if I feel great about anything in this game. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No no leans. All right, Taysom Hills plus 110, man, to score a touchdown. Is this, is this getting stamped here on the website? Plus 110. I mean, he scores, man. I like it. I mean, he had two rushing touchdowns last week. I would assume he's got a really good opportunity for one this week. And then just because I, I think this game, Carolina and the Vikings, man, that's probably going to be one of the more fun games to watch at the noon slate. Dalvin Cook's minus 400. <laughs> stupid. That's stupid. 400. Looks like they like Justin Jefferson. They like uh, Mike Davis here. But I guess DJ Moore, Rob, Robbie Anderson only has one touchdown on the season. So this one I cannot, I cannot get – into Curtis Samuel 250. Dude finds the end zone. Also, um, Kyle Rudolph 220 because no Irv Smith and probably no Adam Thielen, which leaves Kyle Rudolph as maybe the next guy to potentially get some targets. Um, but uh, yeah, we could like that. I don't know. I kind of do like Curtis Samuel plus 250. Maybe you throw a little bit at that, but I guess as far because we said we're only going to put one, maybe we end up putting a couple bets down. I think we we're only going to put five bets on the website this week. So yep. we're going to have to consolidate this list. But I don't know. I think that uh, we got a good list here. I think we can pick out five winners. Wayne Gallman, are we really going to put Wayne Gallman on the site? It feels good. I mean, compared to some of these other ones. All right. Maybe, maybe we end up listing two touchdown odds that we like because they're, they're both plus odds. So if we're thinking about our viewers here. Value-wise, I mean. Hill and Gallman should score touchdowns. Um Kenyon Drake plus 130 for a touchdown. Christian Kirk plus 180. Chase Edmonds plus 285. Pretty high. Could be 285. Oh, interesting. Even Drake at 130. I mean, you know, I guess that's the thing about the goal line is Kyler Murray's kind of their goal line. What about, what about plus 110 here. You know, Jonathan Taylor has also been added to the COVID list. Are we interested in dipping? Our toes into the Naheem Hines. We had two. Oh, Jordan Wilkins at plus two hundred. Wilkins, huh? 
That's interesting. Michael Pittman Jr. is plus 200 as well. Yeah, there's some interesting touchdown odds here. I, I kind of like a, a couple of these. Uh, a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, James Robinson, all the favorites here are probably going to score. Uh, let's keep moving up here. Calvin Ridley, plus 100. Interesting. Darren Waller, plus 110. Kind of some low-hanging fruit there to win some good odds. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, yeah. plus 170. That's not terrible. He's been kind of hot lately. He has a knack for the, the end zone. Oh, wow. We got – this is weird, man. Bills, Chargers, they got nobody in the negative. Everyone's huh. positive to score. I think it's one of those things where, like, you pick your favorite TD target, and there's going to be touchdowns. All right, Josh Allen rushing touchdown. I can see that. Um, Stephon Diggs touchdown. I can see that. Cole Beasley at plus 180. I can totally see that. Our our favorite probably of the website, though, is probably going to be Gabe Davis at plus 300. We know John Brown's out. So if you're feeling really risky, Gabe Davis could win you some really good returns here. You got good Gabe, good Gabe uh, ratios. I like that as well. He scored last week. He scored last weekend, and then I wanted to pull up here the touchdowns allowed to the tight end here. We do see Buffalo has allowed six on the year. There's only been a couple teams that have allowed more. I could totally see Hunter Henry stacking two touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Um, man, like I, this is kind of crazy. I think this game's going to get pretty high scoring here, and the fact that no one's favored to score a touchdown. Yes. That's odd. I, I, I would put money on Josh Allen scoring a touchdown. I, I would feel more comfortable about Josh Allen rushing for a touchdown than Wayne Gallman. Or maybe, I guess, it's kind of the same feeling. Um, and plus 105 compared to plus 110, a little bit better odds. I could totally see uh, Josh Allen scoring a rushing touchdown. I'm trying to think of anybody else here. Are we moving Stefan Diggs off the board here? Yeah, we could probably take Diggs. So that's, that's a high number to hit. Let's pull out digs and then pick our favorite person to score a touchdown in this game. Literally everyone's a really good bet towards the top here. Yeah, that's crazy. Keenan Allen, man, he's been so hot this year. Plus 115 to score, or would you rather have Josh Allen rushing touchdown? I think Josh Allen rushing touchdown makes a lot of sense this week. Okay. Hunter Henry plus 200 is also just staring me in the eyes. Maybe we add a couple of risky picks that we won't count towards our record. Because last weekend, I think what I did on the website was I kind of uh, I added some notes in parentheses and did some stuff where these are the like the top bets that we like, and then we're mm-hmm. gonna list another set of, uh, of guys here of bets that we think can win, but we're not gonna count them towards our record. We just think they're pretty good plays. So I think we're gonna do that. We are going on a little bit over 102 minutes here. Did we want to quick like mess around with the DraftKings lineup? I mean, we could we could detangle a little bit. So we'll, we'll make it quick and dirty here. We're going to probably hang out another four or five minutes. I was intrigued because we didn't have a lot of games on the DraftKings slate this week. I was just kind of curious. Maybe we just fill out a DraftKings lineup at the end of the day here. And uh, the one that caught my eye that I was actually thinking about doing this week was a 10. It was a $9 tournament here. It was the slant. I like single entries. Where did I see that? Maybe we're here. Let's just do, we're going to do early only. And sure, let's just play, let's just see this one, the rush here. So this is early only games. We're looking at quarterbacks here, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Philip Rivers, Kirk Cousins. I guess, how do you like to fill out your lineup? Like, what's the first thing you like to fill out? You should try and think about, like, who my core plays. I'll take a peek at the 
the quarterbacks and I'll see like, are there any quarterbacks? I'll usually like to go with a cheaper quarterback. I'm thinking like, who can I stack? So is Dalvin Cook like a a must play this weekend in DraftKings? Yeah. If you're doing like a big GPP, maybe you can try and pull the fade. But if you're doing like a single entry kind of thing, uh, you got to play Dalvin Cook this week. So we're going to lock in Dalvin Cook. So then because we spent up on running back here, do we want to pair it with a guy like, um, like where's Naheem Hines? Um, Naheem Hines. Yeah, really Naheem Hines. Here. So you're getting the top end play, and you're also getting a guy that's going to be on the field a lot, had a career game against the Titans earlier this year. I think that's a really good way to average down the Dalvin Cook price. Um, yeah, again, I think now we're, 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 we're definitely, with these two guys, I think we're gearing towards the lineup where, you know, it's going to be a little chalkier start, but – you want to in these kind of games, you just you know single entry. You're looking to just you want sol- solid points. So I guess how, how do we get a little bit more creative with our wide receivers? I think Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs are going to be two very popular guys. Calvin Ridley is going to be super popular, and then I think Justin Jefferson is going to be really high ownership this week. Yeah, definitely. Do we avoid I, all those guys and try to swerve? Yeah, kind of like if we're going to go with a cook. On Minnesota, the over/under in that game is fifty-one and a half. What if we do like a Teddy, a Teddy uh, DJ Moore stack? Yeah, I mean that could be an interesting play this week. All right, let's let's play in Teddy. Okay, so we got Teddy DJ Moore. Did you want to dip maybe one more time with a Robbie Anderson or a Curtis Samuel? Could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, or do you put a Mike Davis in there at the flex? Yeah, what? Yeah, what's Mike Davis at price-wise? Filter by running back. So Mike Davis is pretty pretty expensive, six thousand nine hundred here. In terms of flex, we could get that's lost. Davis or no, I kind of like what, Curtis Samuel. Definitely, I mean, if he scores a touchdown, he hits value. You know, he's probably only five thousand. So we're falling into the Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. We do have a receiver, a flex, a tight end, and a defense to play. Since we're kind of getting to this point now, where we can kind of have some options. Who's our number one defensive play? I really like the Giants, and I really like the Browns. Yeah. The guys are pretty high priced up here. I mean, should we just take the lower one against the Browns here? Yeah, I think the Browns are – These both these teams are – should should have good good games. So we're averaging – we have about $5,000 average remaining here to use. Do we mm-hmm. spend down on tight end to get more money for receivers and flex? Uh, we did mention we liked Hunter Henry here. At 4,800, that would save us a little bit of cash. Or should we look a little bit down the list here for anybody else? The tight ends get so dirty down here. Yeah, I mean, Rudolph is going to be the smash player this week. Um, you know, with a lot of people playing Jefferson, you know, maybe Rudolph doesn't get the love that he should. I mean, I like Rudolph because he's a money saver for us. And yeah. because Irv Smith is not playing in this one, we already know that. And then you add in the fact that it's going to be no Adam Thielen. I mean, if he gets anywhere between this five to nine points here, I think that's fine. As this is, yeah, we're we're totally comfortable with Kyle Rudolph being our worst play on the right. line here. And if if we get if we get anything above his average here, I think that's a win because that frees up so much money here. You know, yeah. now we kind of get to do whatever we want. So, um, do we? So we have sixty-two average remaining for per wide receiver or flex. Do we want to spend below that number? I guess if we're looking strictly at sixty-two hundred. Robbie Anderson, do you want to go all in? <laughs> See, I think that I, 
or yeah. Christian Kirk. We talked up Kirk. We also talked up Beasley. And because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going to be in on Stefan Gilmore or Stefan Diggs, maybe Beasley is a good, uh, a good move here. Yeah, I can get behind Cole Beasley. I mean, I think, you know, the site had him at 61 and a half yards. So that means right there, that alone is like 10 to 12 points. He gets a touchdown. He hits above that over. You start looking at that 18 to 20 points where he's really hitting value, good good value there for us. Uh, before we finish up the lineup here, we got a question from our guy, Justin. He wants to know if we should play Kareem Hunt or Wayne Gallman in a PPR league. We, the good news is we like both. We like, I think both options are, mm-hmm. are pretty safe for double digits. I would, I mean, Hunt's been getting the goal line touches too. I think the odds for these guys to score touchdowns are both very, very strong. I do think the Giants are going to run the ball and kind of control the game in that one. I guess both teams, they both have a similar game script in this one. Um, I, I would probably, I don't know. I, I really like both. I don't really have a preference. Is, is there one name that makes more sense to you, Jesse? Yeah, I think uh, safety-wise, Hunt's your safer yeah. option. If you're, if you just, you know, if you're looking at your lineup, thinking, all right, I just need a floor here. Hunt's gonna get you that floor. Um, just kind of looking at the Vegas odds, Hunt's the better guy predicted to score a touchdown. So, you know, you like that. It's a game where Cleveland's gonna just—they're gonna run the ball. I mean, we know they're gonna run the ball. So I probably lean Hunt as a safer floor play. I would totally agree with that, and I just think uh, you got two really good options, man. If you want, if you were thinking Gallman, we wouldn't blame you for thinking Gallman. He scored five touchdowns in the last four games. It's against Cincinnati, who's who might just be a team that's like a walking skeleton right now. They don't really have a lot of heart, I think, coming into this week. So we do like Hunt, and we do like Gallman. Probably just lean into the Hunt uh, because it's been pretty good lately, and we do expect uh, Cleveland to have a pretty good day in Jacksonville. So. Thanks for the question. Looks like you got one more question here for us. So thanks. So, and Gallman, Antonio Brown, or Crowder? So assuming this is a flex play for him, um, I am pretty optimistic about Jamison Crowder coming back with Sam Darnold, but I I don't think I want to bet on the, the any of the Jets plays this week. If I had to choose, it's going to be between Gallman and Antonio Brown. Jesse, could you talk me into Antonio Brown over Gallman? Yeah, I think if we looked at last week, we really saw Brady like make an emphasis to to feature Brown. Uh, the yards per reception wasn't fantastic, but if you're telling me that Antonio Brown's going to catch another eight balls, I bet you he's going to have more success than he had last week. I can definitely see a touchdown in his in his outlook. Um, I mean, consider the game script, right? So Antonio Brown in PPR, I mean. This is he's developing a pretty safe floor here, man. I mean, the, this was his first game back. He didn't play a lot of snaps, but you're seeing double-digit floor here. If you feel comfortable about getting uh, a guy that's going to get six, seven, eight catches, and then the opportunity for a Tom Brady touchdown, I think, I think Antonio Brown's got the higher ceiling play. So I, I think I would go with Antonio Brown here over Goldman or Crowder. Crowder could rack up some receptions again, but it's Sam Darnold's first game back. I, I think I'd rather see what happens. We do like what Antonio Brown's doing, so I think I'm going to roll with Brown and Kareem Hunt in those two situations. I agree. So thanks for the question, man. Um, so we're just kind of finishing up. We got one more spot to pick here. We have $6,900 to spend here. Mike Davis, are we gonna wrap this up with a Carolina, a Carolina bow? No way. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm trying to look at like who's a nice play that's like maybe gonna go underowned a little bit. Are people gonna be off James Robinson this week, or is that gonna be a pretty pretty steady play? 
Yeah, that might not be like a yeah, it might not be a favorite play just because I think they're underdogs and but volume wise, he's probably gonna get some love. What about Darren Waller here? Darren, the double T E stack. I would flip out Kyle Rudolph and maybe we see if we like here. Let's let's try this. I'm just curious because I think I think Darren Waller is gonna have a great great game tomorrow. I, I think he's due for a ceiling game for sure. Assuming we have a low end of 37 here, I'm just curious if anyone sticks out whether that is Keelan Cole against the, the Browns here. Do we like Keelan Cole with no DJ Chark, no Chris Conley? Is I this, mean, is we this need this 10. We need, we need, uh, what do we need? 10 points. Denzel Ward's not playing three dude. times. Yeah, that's an interesting play. That, that's a sneaky one, huh? Or Levi- is LaVisca's back? Yeah, LaVisca or Keelan Cole. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I, I think we can make that work. I think. Which guy do you think the team's looking at? Like, this is the guy we want. Who do you think Mike Glennon's looking at thinking, this is who I trust? Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole. He's going to go. I mean, LaVisca, when he was playing, man, he was he was a pretty steady guy here. I just think in terms of boom-bust ratio, Keelan Cole does have the higher ceiling of the two. Uh, he had a low game last weekend, but pretty much everybody had a low game last week. Uh, he actually – Hasn't been playing that great, but you see these twenty-point games here. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you got to go for the the booms, you know. On these, guy to catch a touchdown. He does have four touchdown catches. To I don't think maybe Lavisca's got one on the season. I mean, I he's pretty much guaranteed the seven point. He's he not guaranteed, but he's gonna hit two times value at least, and then from there you're you're looking at a pure upside. Okay, so this was just kind of for fun. We're not, like, highly recommending this play, but we kind of think that a lot of people are going to be all in on Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, so we're playing against it and going with Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. I think we could see Carolina have a pretty nice day against this Vikings defense. We're rolling out. Because we spent high on Dalvin Cook, we're, we bought low on Naheem Hines. He's probably going to be really well high-owned in this one, so those are kind of two chalk plays at running back. But we kind of did some weird things at receiver here. That might separate us from the pack with DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Cole Beasley, and Keelan Cole, just for funsies. Uh, and then Darren Waller, the baller here at tight end against the worst team against tight end Atlanta and then Brown's defense. So uh, just some thoughts there for you guys on the DraftKings machine. Uh, any other final thoughts tonight, Jesse? Yeah, I think week 12 is uh, every week. It just seems to get a little bit more weird. It's getting weird this week. We might not get a game. But uh, there's some fun Sunday ones. You know, it feels like Sunday today, so it's like we're going to be in the twilight zone tomorrow. Like some weird weird things are going to go down. Uh, Everybody know. needs points, and they want them now. So, yep, uh, this is the time, man. We have two weeks. We're two weeks away from the playoffs, for fantasy playoffs. playoffs. It's, this is it. So, I don't know. I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. If you're new to the channel, go ahead and subscribe on the YouTube channel. After the show here, we're going to upload our five best plays on the fantasyfellowship.com. There should be a link in the YouTube description below. Otherwise, just go to fantasyfell- the, the fantasyfellowship.com, click on the player prop bets. We'll have those updated shortly, but uh, let's win some money this weekend. Thank you guys for your time. Thanks for hanging out. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Saturday. And uh, for Jesse, you can follow him on Twitter at the fellow JGM. You can find me on Twitter. I said it too many times already in most of my videos. So uh, thanks again for your time. Have a good rest of your day. And uh, I don't know. Peace.